And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. to the Elevating IT Podcast. It is the weekly sales wrap. Mike Brooks here with my partner in crime, Frank M.D. Benedetto. What's up, Frank? Good afternoon, Mike. I always uh, anxiously await what my intro is going to be. A partner in crime. The other day you said my good friend, um, my buddy. So I always, you know, always curious. My pal. Do a different one every week. You look nice. You got like a little, uh, for those on the... on the podcast, you've got like a little, like a quarter zip kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to, how to describe it, but you look nice. You know, you look, uh, look fancy. <laughs> you know, um, I was, uh, I was doing a recording for the sales Academy with our good friend, Eric Torres at Datto this morning. Yeah. And I was, I'm wearing the same thing now that I was wearing then. And I was, Eric was wearing the same one too. So I was like, <laughs> I was I was telling explaining to him I don't like these like I don't know where these came from in time where collars all of a sudden became passe but every every shirt I buy now has these no more collars like they're it's like I feel like I'm it's I don't good know. it keeps you warm though like in the in the cold winter months now it keep you warm I guess you know um, we I don't know if we talked about it but of course we chuckled that uh, that I blamed the the the, the coronavirus on you. Right. And the acquisition of your new clothing, because uh, yes. I don't know if we talked about this, but our, the last time we actually the last time I traveled was with you in March. Right. Well, hang on a second before we do All that, right. because that's a great story. It's worth talking <laughs> about again. <laughs> but okay. I want to I want to make sure that we appropriately give it the time we we have. That it's, All right. All right. First, I want to say hi to Eric Bam, my good buddy, Eric, who is awesome. And by the way. I'm going to tease this again later. He is going to be a guest on the podcast next week. Hang on a second. Let me, let me find out Facebook live with Eric at 10 AM Wednesday, the 25th of November. So it's going to be a Thanksgiving special with Eric. Eric is awesome. He is a, he is a sale, a VP of sales and marketing for a company called perfect crust pizza. And Eric is going to be the first guest in a series of Ooh, guests you know who are in the sales business, yeah, all right, okay. sales professionals, but are not in the channel. Uh, I'm excited about that because I think that, you know, uh, MSPs hear from people in the channel all the time. They, they, they've maybe heard enough of all of us. And, and I think it's, it's going to be great to get an outside perspective. So Eric's going to be the first guest in that series. Oh. And uh, I have my shirt on here. Let me see if you can see that. That is the uh, Barstool Sports shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody knows the rules if you know what I'm talking about. You yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. All Eric, right. I bet you Eric knows what you're talking about because yeah. he's right. in the pizza business. Eric sells. So the, yeah. I mean, these are really neat things that Eric sells. Uh, they're, they're like, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Eric's going to correct me. But it, it's this liner that goes in the pizza box. It keeps the crust perfect. So when you get your crust at home, like it's not soggy. It's like as if you got it from the pizza place. Like if you were sitting there, it's like in the same. All right. So going to be good stuff. There he is. Eric knows what we're talking about. All right, good. (laughs) One bite. So do you want to explain that for people who have no idea what you're talking about? 
Nice. Well, you can look up Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. He uh, he goes around and he goes to different pizzerias and he does a, uh, a pizza review score from one to ten or zero to ten, I guess. And uh, he ranks uh, all the all the pizza, and he always says one bite. Everybody knows the rules, even though he takes more than one takes, bite. Yeah, he's, yeah, big, like he's big on the pizza crust, right? He likes it crispy, like thin. Uh, yep. So uh, yeah. It's fun, fun to watch the videos. Yeah, he's a blast. He was up here in Connecticut at yeah. a bunch of our New Haven pizza places, which are the best pizza places on the planet, by the way. You know the uh, – I forget what, what parent company acquired them, but uh, <laughs> 7.6. Nice. That's not a rookie score either. He, he did the decimal. Um, his company got acquired for a, a couple hundred million. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's, he's, uh, he's got a lot of money now. Anyway. Well – so let's tell let's tell the story about how I caused COVID. Yes. So um, we were traveling and we went to Houston, and this was just when we were starting to feel like maybe we shouldn't be traveling, right? right. It was, it like was the eerie. it was the week. It was the week of March, Friday. The, it was Friday the thirteenth when we came back. By the way, it was. Uh, Pretty no, we sure. Thursday. No, we came back on a Thursday. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. Friday. Not Friday was Friday. The yeah. But that's so, the week. Put it in perspective. That's when the whole country shut down. That's the week. So we were supposed to, I think we flew down on a Tuesday. I was supposed to come on Thursday, as, I think, as were you. Yes. And, I, I was uh, home on a Wednesday. Yeah. So we stayed over Tuesday night. Wednesday, we were both like, we got to get out of here. And I remember when I flew down the airport, like Newark Airport was like dead. Which is never dead ever. Yep, LaGuardia, and, same thing. This is weird. So you and I, we we left the uh, the event and we flew home Wednesday night. There was like no change fees, but we got to the airport like really early. And of course, uh, for some reason, our domestic flight was going out of the international terminal, which seemed even less safe. But the good news was there was like a bunch of stores in there, so I somehow. Um, like hustled you into buying some new clothes at a store in the airport. And you got some nice stuff. I remember you got like a belt, some shoes. Yeah, I yep. don't know. Pants it took me to places yeah. I had never heard of. And everybody should know yeah. that Frank is like manicured, polished off the, like right jumped off the pages of GQ. <laughs> I jump off the pages of like the old, um, like Bradley's or Caldor's. <laughs> Bradley's like if you remember those. You remember two guys? There was a two guys down here. That was where uh, Bradley's went in where the two guys used to be. I don't know if that was just a local thing or not. But anyway, so they were going to ship them to you. I remember you said, yeah, I don't want to carry them home. I'll ship them. And then we went home and obviously like COVID blows up. I remember I turned my phone on. That was the day uh, that Tom Hanks's wife announced that they had COVID. So of course everybody was like, Oh my God, if the celebrities could get COVID, everybody could. Right. And uh, so then, you know, the world sort of stopped spinning at that point. And then I totally forgot about your clothes because I was, I was anticipating like the next time I saw you, you'd have all your new threads. Right. When I see this, it kind of reminds me of like what I had expected the experience. And you know that I would 
totally bust your chops. Like even no matter how good or bad you look, like I would just give you a ribbing because you'd have like the whole outfit on. So anyway, I remember asking you like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, if you ever got them and then you, you had, you had announced, yeah, I think because I bought new clothes, like I caused the, I caused the, yep. exactly. I finally got clothes that I can wear in public and not be ashamed of being near you. And that, that you haven't been in public since. Yeah. We haven't been out since nine months later. Right. All right. That's a great lead in. So yes, make, you always make me laugh, Mike. That's the important part. Let's uh before we we go on, we've got this here. Got this just from uh, from Channel Pro. Can you see that? Oh, got, cool. got a little award for best add-on product at Channel Pro's SMB Forum back in uh, early November. So uh, awesome! Shout out to uh, shout thanks out to Joel and everybody at Channel Pro for throwing a great event. And thanks for thanks for everybody who voted for us. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So today we're going to talk about. Presentation skills. I think this is really important. Not just um, the audit side of it, obviously, solves a big problem with presenting for MSPs. But everybody, and when I say presentation skills, I don't necessarily mean getting on stage, although right. that's that's hard too, right? Like um, standing up in front of anybody, presenting to anybody is 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 difficult. But I'm talking about more presenting one on one. You know, being on a, a presentation call with your client and talking about what you do, selling your services, building relationships. Not everybody is good at that. Not everybody is comfortable doing that. And as you know, somebody who's terrible at presenting, I thought, Frank, I would ask you to share how you became not so terrible. I'm just kidding. Frank's an excellent presenter. Um so Frank, how, you know, were you always, you're really good at presenting. You, you're comfortable getting up on stage. We traveled all around the country and, and up in Canada and, and, you know, for a year going with ASCII group, you got up on stage every month. Um, you, it was like second nature to you. You're, you're very technical also. And I find that I think the more people that are, it, it, people who are more technical have a harder time presenting. So Right. Were you always good at presenting? Were you, is that something you had to overcome or get good at? Or I think that what for me, um, I don't think I was always good at presenting. I think that for me, it was more about being confident in what I was presenting, right? So I always felt like I had the confidence that I knew the, um, the material really well, right? So if we're mm -hmm. talking about being an MSP, um, I think that like I was passionate about it, which I think almost all the MSPs are, right? Especially if you're technical, like, you know, you're not going to find anybody more passionate than a, than a techie in an MSP who's, who's, you know, really good at the tech and, and is excited to deliver it. So I think that passion and the knowledge, um, are what drove me, right? So it wasn't, I wasn't just excited to present or get on a stage. I just said, well, I know this really well. So what do I have to lose? Um, so I think that's kind of where it starts. I think certainly doing it enough times makes you more comfortable. Here's the challenge. As an MSP, before I used audit and had a, a consistent way to present, I presented it differently every time. I changed it every time. They say a salesperson only does what worked the last time. Right. I would do something, it didn't work. I, someone said no to me and I go, oh my God, I got to change it. And then I would cobble together something else and I would, 
you know, keep changing until somebody bought it. And then I would do that again until they, so I think that that kills your confidence, right? Because you're always wondering if you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. You're always asking your peers, Hey, what do you do? You're assuming everybody else is an expert, right? And that is the confidence killer. So when you talk about presenting, like where I started was, was of a position of confidence. I'm like, oh, I could do this all day long. If they didn't buy from me, it made me doubt myself, right? And then I kept changing it. And that's what that rocky ro road is. And I think a lot of other MSPs um, suffer from that. Uh, what audit did for me was uh, two things. One is it allowed me to be consistent in my presentation, no matter what. And if they said no, I, I firmly believed, even though I didn't get the sale, that I still presented it the right way. And that, you know, you can't win them all, right? I saw Alex Rodriguez was was on Shark Tank the other night and he said, he told the one of the people on there, he said, you know, uh, I'm the fifth, I'm the guy who struck out the fifth most in the whole league. Like he owns that record. He's number five on the strikeout list. Like that's not one to be proud of, but what he was talking about was, you, you know, you got to swing a lot and miss, right? In order to be successful. So for me, even though I missed some, I still felt good about it because I followed the same process. And number two, is it um, it helped guarantee that I wasn't presenting in such a way that the uh, the prospect wouldn't be able to understand me, right? Because that was the other challenge. Like it, it, we're so passionate, we're so and we are technical, right? We meaning most MSP business owners, especially if we're smaller, um, we get so excited, we have such passion and 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 uh, command and knowledge. We call it the curse of knowledge, right? And then we lose track of the fact that the person we're talking to has no idea what we're saying. So they might say, yeah, you're sure are confident, but I have no idea what you're talking about. And what do they do? Default on price, right? So those were, I think, the, the two things that kind of uh, feed into um, where uh, I am today. I think how, how I had improved and why maybe your perception is that I'm, I'm good at presenting. Yeah, I'm curious if, if you're listening and watching this, anybody who's listening on the recording or uh, live, what your and I know Brian, I'm going to put Brian up here because he said, congrats on the uh, Channel Pro Award that I showed before. So thank you, Brian. Brian is a client of Audit. He gave recently actually gave us an awesome testimonial that we posted the other day. So thank you for that too, Brian. Um, if you're still there, I would love to hear your opinion. You know, were you always comfortable presenting solutions to people? Because I think Technical, technical people like yourself, Frank, who are, are not necessarily, and, and Brian, you'll have to forgive me. I don't know. I know you do sales in, in the company. I'm not sure. I don't think you own it, but maybe you're an owner because a lot of MSPs are also, you know, they're, they're an owner, but they're also selling. So they're not necessarily a sales professional, or maybe they were a technician and they're coming to it as a, as a sales engineer. They're learning sales after they, they did that. And Brian, you could for all, very well could be a sales professional. But I want to get a feel for how other MSPs feel. And, and you talk to plenty of MSPs. Do you think that that people have, uh, in the, especially in the technical field, is there kind of a fright of presenting? And and are there things to over that that they need to overcome when it comes to presenting? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that um, if you look at the personalities of a lot of uh, tech, technical type of, of people, right? I think they're introverted. Um, they like tech. They like to 
you know, play with that stuff. They like to succeed. There's a, there's a sense of accomplishment, you know, when you figure that stuff out, I mean, that's what, that's what a lot of uh, the MSPs, you know, owners uh, and, and technicians that are there will gravitate towards. Um, I think most MSPs, because it's there, there's a lot of tacky people gravitate towards that rather than selling, right? If an MSP never had to go out and like leave the office and sell, I think most of them would love that. It'd be great. Like if this stuff just sold itself, then, you know, they could just stay in and, and play with all the toys. Right. Um, but that's the challenge and the conundrum, right? Is we know that we do have to get out there and we do have to sell or we won't have a business, right? So we have to leave our comfort zone, which is, you know, when I say we, cause I'm, I'm, I'm part of that, you know, that group too, as I have a technical background, as you pointed out, um, you get, um, caught up in that tech. It's fun. It's cool stuff. There's always new things. Uh, you know, a lot of new, a lot of new products come out and you get to play with that stuff, which is great. You know, it's a cool sandbox. And then somebody kind of shakes you and goes, you got to get out of the office. Like you got to go sell some stuff. So whether it's you as the business owner, you got to push your sales guys out, um, one way or the other, you got to go out to sell to survive. So I think that given a choice, most MSPs wouldn't, wouldn't go out and sell. Yeah. And what about now as, as MSPs are hiring salespeople or people, you know, developing people in the, in their own company to go out and sell, what do you, what are your recommendations for kind of, you know, grooming them to be able to present well? Yes. Yeah, so if you're building a sales team, especially like an outside salesperson, who's going to, you know, be the one who goes out and meets with the prospects, I think you have the reverse challenge, right? So the fear as the business owner is always, does this sales guy know enough technically, right? To be able to sell. So you have both, you have, you have two ends of the spectrum. You have the business owner who's super techie, probably not great at selling, but, but, but does it to survive. And then you have the outside sales guy that you hire who I think it's rare that they'll ever be as technical as the business owner, you know, the, of the MSP. Um, but, they're, they're um, more well-suited towards selling. So you almost have to kind of find that middle ground. And I do think that audit helps you close that gap, right? Because what it does is it gives the salesperson the confidence that they don't have to be buried in the technical weeds. Because the MSP owner, you know, who's probably technical confidence that the, the sales guy can go out and they, does, he, they don't need him, right? They don't need him to answer every techie question. That you can go out there and you can do um, discovery sessions um, I mean, you have to have some technical know-how or, or, you know, and so I know some people send a sales engineer with the sales guy, which is fine too, if you have, you know, them on staff. Um, but I do think it helps close that gap. You know, it gets the, it gets the, the business owner who's very techy to go more towards the sales side and the, and the pure sales guy gets him to move a little bit backwards to a, I don't want to say tech, technical point, but it gives them the basis to be able to communicate in a, in an easy way to the prospect without getting sucked into the technical stuff and then saying, I don't know, I don't know a hundred times during the, during the discovery or even the presentation. Right. And Brian is sharing a couple of thoughts here. He's the AE. One of the things he loves about audit is the system gives him a roadmap to follow during the presentation makes it much easier. And then of course he agreed with you and with what you just said, he said, exactly. Yeah. The other, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the point. That was the point we made earlier. I think that if if you have a script to follow, right, um, it makes it a whole lot easier. It's less nerve wracking for you. You know how you're going to run through this thing, and that's what, yeah, that's exactly. what I do. I I just follow the report. 
Yeah, and I think if you know if somebody's not using a tool like audit, you should be, of course. But if you're not, hey, you got it. You have to have some process to follow, right? Like I think the more prepared you are, the more confident you're going to be, right? And and it, even if you have the audit, and, it, and you know, I know that there's some MSPs out there who they they they're still dreading going and doing the presentation, even though they have the audit, right? And the audit does. And I'm going to read you something that somebody sent me. I think you're going to love it, which talks to that. But um, you got to practice, right? Like, so I would I would recommend practice, right? Get in a room by yourself, in front of a mirror, if possible, or record yourself on video and go through the presentation. Put a you know picture of somebody across from you, like you're doing the presentation. That's to that's the biggest thing for me that that helped me to sell better is when I started recording myself and then going back and watching those presentations. Right. But here's the thing, the practice that I find is on my customers, my, my existing clients, right? I do business reviews and that's what we teach people. We say, go, go do some business reviews using this report. Just follow the report format and see what the, your customers say. Yeah. And people are like, hey, the customers like, wow, this is great. And I remember when I first started doing that, people said to me, hey, what do you use to put this report together? This would be cool. I wish I had this for my industry. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool feedback. Like, it's so they like it so much that they want to see if they could buy it and use it for for whatever they do. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I I practiced. If that's a great word, I practice on my clients, and I could I could promise you none of them fired me because I came in with the audit report. And what right. I did was that gave me confidence to use the audit report. That was our first customer, right? So clearly, I had no. I was like, I hope this works. So that gave me the confidence. And then when I started using on prospects and that started working, then of course we knew that we were onto something good and, you know, and then we shared it with the world. Right. I'm going to give you a comment from uh, David Spire, who is a relatively new audit user. He's from NTech US. Um, I believe he's in Florida. He goes, he said, uh, audit gets us 95% of the way there. We just have to be careful not to talk ourselves out of the sale. I thought that was the coolest way to kind of put it. You know, I, I've always told yeah. people like when you're re reporting and presenting with audit, let, let the report lead with the report, let the report kind of guide you. And yeah. You kind of confirm that there. It's funny because I, I know that some MSPs does like want to, or uh, to make it more technical or some worry that the prospects can ask for all this forensic evidence. And I could tell you, in my experience, I've never, ever had a prospect that say, can you make this more technical and confuse me? You know, like what I really, you know, this is too easy. What I really love is to see all the data that you uncovered right. and prove to me that that box is red. I've never been challenged by it. In fact, I've, I've been in meetings where there is a CTO and they've never even challenged me. I think they were sitting there thinking to themselves, wow, this is like an easy way to talk to the other C-level people who are right. technical. Well, you know who really, um, me and Eric were talking about this today, actually. I mentioned earlier that Eric Torres and myself um, were recording episodes of the MSP Sales Academy, which you can get to. I should put the, maybe I'll put the link in the, um, in the comments here because we just dropped a bunch of new ones today. MSP Sales Academy. I should make a shortcut, but I'm going to drop it into this episode so folks have it. That's in the chat there. Uh, but so he was, yeah, there it goes. So Eric was was talking about how Datto presents, 
because uh, you know they host they host an event right they host datocon they're doing a lot of presentations eric's traveling all over the world doing presentations and he he's like you know msps don't want to sit there and listen to you talk about tech either like he 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 says he says he notices in the back of the room the the folks who are up there presenting a lot of deep technical stuff doing demos and getting really deep into the weeds he notices the cell phones come out and people get on their computers and they specifically make sure that they they do a lot of things that you should do in a good presentation which is open with some humor get the audience laughing because even the MSPs, even the super technical MSPs who are in the audience, and they may want to see the demo, but you you dig too much into the weeds and they're getting bored. Yeah. It, yeah, it's interesting. Is You know, you do have a, a room full of techies, but what I find um, always pick, picks up interest is when you teach them how to sell whatever the product is, not go through all the techie stuff. And um, that, I was talking to a vendor the other day, and they were telling me all about their product. So I was listening and um, then I said, how much time do you guys spend teaching the MSPs how to sell it? And like deer caught in the headlights. He was like, um, well, uh, we have a price sheet and um, we have like a battle card, you know, it compares us. So I said, yeah, that's, that's like, everybody needs the specs, right? Like you need to know what you're talking about. I said, but like you teach msps like how to sell like what's the value prop like what problem that you solved you actually teach that They're like no i said you assume the msps already know that and they're just going to take your product and just add it right into their their ready to go sales process and he's just like i guess and i said i'm here to tell you that a lot of msps don't have that right i said so you spend as, as a vendor you spend a ton of your time and uh you know teaching them the tech not so much time teaching them how to sell and the chat and the bad part about that is you don't teach them how to sell it the msp is not going to make any money and move any of it the vendor's not making any money because the msp is not selling and the real loser is the uh is the end is the consumer right the small business owner that if if properly educated would have said yes and bought it they never really had a fighting chance to understand it and say yes so when do they learn about the product unfortunately when it's too late right when they've lost data when there's downtime, when there's a breach, there's ransomware, then they get a really good education in, in the product that would have helped them, right? Right. Um, anyway, bad for everybody in that scenario, but good if you teach them how to sell. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's what it comes down to, right? It all comes down to simplicity, right? Like that's what audit does for, for MSPs. It makes the conversation super simple. And, uh, you know, Eric, and when he was talking this morning about that, it really just proved that point that and even MSPs want, even the super technical people want it simple. Yeah. The other part of it, though, not just simplicity, but it is I think you're going to hear this word used a lot more around uh, around audit is, is automation side of it. Right. Is automating the sales process. So the more that we automate. Um, the less you have to figure out for yourself as an MSP and ad lib, right? So if there is a process and you just plug into that process and there's just, it follows along and it's automated, again, you're not going to catch, you're not going to make it, you know, you're not going to get hundred percent, but you're going to greatly increase your chances of, uh, of success there. And I think right. you'll, uh, you'll see a noticeable difference in your business. Awesome. Well, with that said, I'm going to make a couple of announcements before we wrap up. Um, first of all, we have, again, I have uh, Eric Bam joining me 
to talk sales on the 24th. No, yes, the 25th. <laughs> losing track of the time here with Thanksgiving. The 25th, our Thanksgiving special, 10 a.m. live. That'll go out. You'll see that on Facebook and YouTube. And then on Friday after that, at 2 p.m., we have a guest. Actually, Frank, I'm going to kick you off for Friday the 27th. But actually, I'm not going to kick you off. I'm going to give you the option to come or not come to the Facebook Live. Okay. Thanksgiving weekend off if you want it. Uh -huh. Because I'm Excellent. bringing on my pal, John Fazio, who okay. was on the podcast last week. He works at Zorus, and he is the director of the sales and marketing at Zorus. So he is going to be on the podcast on Friday. So you can be there. Or you, you don't have to be there. You get to, you get to choose. All right. It'll be a mystery. I'll keep you waiting. You guys will find out. Exactly. So, uh, cool. Well, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode and joining us for the weekly sales wrap. We'll see you again. And happy Thanksgiving. Right on. That's right. Because right. Thursday is Thanksgiving. So, right. uh, I'll see people before Thanksgiving, but you may not. All right. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. All right. Thanks.